Hello, 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 everyone. This is Nick Satuni, Head of Operations from Coded Minds. And this is Faye Ramani. Hello, Faye. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here with us. Uh, in case no one knows, in case you didn't check our website yet, friend listener, Faye is our assistant supervisor in the program, Eric Harvey, here, as usual, in Calgary, Alberta. And before we go forward with our conversation, I just want to give that quick hint of what Eric Harvey is. So as you might know, if you heard the, the previous episodes in this special series, Eric Harvey is a school here in Calgary, Alberta, part of the Calgary Board of Education. And we, Coded Minds, we offer before, after, and kindergarten childcare services for all the parents and students from Eric Harvey. Different from the previous episodes, friends, uh, Faye's going to tell us, Eric Harvey is uh, a classroom program. And I would like to give the mic to Faye now so she can talk a little bit about the program before we really start the conversation. To you, Faye. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yes, we have three classrooms and um, different ages. One classroom we run for kindergartens and grade ones with two staff in present in that classroom. The second room is grade two and three with beautiful people there, uh, two um, educators working with the kids. And the third room, elbow room, is for grade fours. Um, and I have pleasure working with grade fours with Miss Miriam. Um, as we all know, this is amazing to work with uh, overviews and we plan uh, the classrooms, which is different than other programs because we have everything set in the classroom and the kids just enter after school or before school and they start their day with all the overviews we planned or with the child that if they like to do something on their own mind and we always encourage that. Beautiful. And uh, our listeners, they might, if they listen to the previous uh, episodes, we talk a little bit about the, the child-led thing. But just to give a quick definition, in case you're new, the child-led approach is literally when uh, our educators, like Faye, they will try to come up with a program for the children based on their own interests, right? So uh, just to quote that again, a teacher-led program is your classic classroom where teacher controls the environment, teacher controls the activity, and the children just fall uh, and follow behind, right? A child that allows the children to take a little bit of control, a little bit of leadership, and then the educators just get students' interests and bring that to life with children, right, Faith? Yes, absolutely. Um, and um, I really enjoy working with the kids when they bring their ideas and we provide uh, all the materials they are asking for, which working with Coded Mind is amazing because um, I work with other companies too. The budget is important and Coded Mind <laughs> head office actually brings up a lot of budget for kids activity, which is amazing. And the kids, all of the kids in our classrooms are having opportunity to choose any activity they want. And if there are some area that we have to have direct supervision, sometimes with hot glue guns or other things that we need to be one-on-one -on -one with the kids, we stay with them and actually don't leave them at the tables. And they create whatever they, um, it's in their imaginations and they're beautiful. We add them in the wall or our board and encourage them and acknowledge those things. And 
you can see in a minute other kids want to do the same thing. Um, what was important in one of the rooms in Tamarack, actually, the kids were interested to make blankets and we had enough fabric for the kids to make that big blanket. And then at the end, they were thinking, okay, they can continue that. When they were done, they could open those things they were sold and they made another things with them. These are the beneficial uh, timing they have with each other. The kids are having and bringing up the ideas as um, their own ideas that we learn from them actually. And I had pleasure of uh, learning those things and then bring it in my home and do some stuff like blankets or things like that. And I could show them, see, I learned this from you. And it encouraged them to bring more ideas and do that in the classroom. There we go. So you mentioned something that I believe most listeners might not be aware of, Faye, and I want to connect that with a little bit of the learning piece, the budget, right? It's so important that Faye mentioned that, uh, friends, because we as a company, we could have just like, you know what? We have enough toys. We have enough maker space here. You have that for the year. We are not going to be spending money and that's it. But uh we do have a monthly budget to every program, and we want the educators to use that budget as much as they can just to keep bringing new toys, games, materials to the kids. And that's where I want you, Faye, to, to link the importance of the budget with the children's interest and how you can make them learn or even become more passionate about something that they're interested on. Yes, the number of the kids in our program is high, um, and I'm not sure all the um, sites we have they had coded mine how many kids they, they are having in their programs. I know that ours is one of the bigger numbers, yeah. and it is really important to stay with the budgets because the kids' activities are, we have variety in, in each classroom, actually, because as an educator, as an educator, I have my uh, planning every week. We go. To, we, the, the good thing with the program is all parents are aware of our program. We send our newsletters every Monday. They, uh, we send it on Fridays actually, and every Monday to Friday, they know what day we are doing what with the planning. And it doesn't mean that the kids have to do actually those ones. If they don't want to do those planning, they, they don't. And they can do other activities. It's in their interest. And we provide the activities for them when they're asking. The good thing about the budget, Nick, is um, when we write down our overviews and we write down the list of materials we need for the activity. For example, I was making catapult this week with the kids. And we have different kind of catapult, the kids, they can make them in the classroom. So we ask them, actually, I have this center time with them as other educators do the same thing. We ask them, what is their interest to make, like if they're going to make the catapult, we show them different um, kind of catapult and they actually point out, oh, this is really interesting. I want to do this. We provide enough materials for them. If even those kids, they're not interested to make and suddenly they see, oh, this is really good and they want to do it, we are giving them the materials. Having those materials is not easy to just decide at the moment to give them if we don't have them. 
a week before we give all these uh, lists to our supervisor and she is uh, buying them with the budget from the company and providing them for three classrooms. For mine was catapult. The other room they were experimenting, science experiment they had. So for example, they need cornstarch and they need food coloring. These are kids' best friend in the classroom. So they can go and be crazy about the colors, about the materials, they can, and we don't stop them. We never say, oh, you can have five uh, popsicle sticks, this is yours. No, we have them over there. If they ask for more, we give them, and we really enjoy, we take pictures, and those pictures as a collage, that we send them to newsletter. Even other parents from the program, if their kids are in the other rooms with the other age group, they can actually see what we do, and we have, STEM activities too, which is one of the best part of the program during the day. And those activities, sometimes we use the leftovers from the materials from before, if we have them, most of the time we buy them. And that's why I said I'm amazed about that because they are not, some of them are not actually um, cheap. And I can see it's easy to have them in the classroom by Mondays every week that it's it's been, almost three months that I'm working for Coded Mine. And I can see how head office you guys are putting actually value towards these programs. All right, Faye. So why don't we then talk a little bit about the, the programming itself? Like you are there with your team thinking about what the kids are going to be uh, working on the coming week, right? And what what is the the process and what kind of uh, projects did you come up in order to make kids engaged while learning? Um, every Monday um, after school, when my group are coming um, in the classroom, we have the center time. We sit down and talk about their ideas and their interests. Uh, that I can just provide all the materials for the activity for the week after, then I can put it in our overview, which we send it to parents, that parents are aware of our activity, what we do next week. And the kids are coming with our ideas that we can actually add materials to our um, ideas and program for the week after. Because the week that we are on, like on Monday, you're already having the overview, we are working on a idea that we made it the week before. So it's the process every Monday, Bring the ideas up, write it down for the week after, and we put it on overviews. It's about the STEM and other activities they like to do. Perfect. And again, uh, let's just say that you guys are going to be doing a activity in regards to science. How would you bring those ideas and how you're going to say, hey, kids, let's be excited about it. Let's learn something. And give an example if you have any. Um, yes, oh, I have a lot, but um. Um, one of the um, interesting examples I can say was the bridge we were building with marshmallows. Um, it was close to um, Halloween and they were all talking about candies and activities, sweet activities. And I asked them to bring paper, sit down and write down all the things that can work with the um, activity that we can do. And one of them came and said, okay, we can use marshmallows to put them in water and do this, and then we can squeeze and melt it. And I, and this thing, and we wanted to do science more, but this became a bridge program, which they could use um, food coloring on marshmallows and see 
the process of changing and put all these uh, napkins or paper towels to see if it's just actually moving the colors from this cup to the other cup. And they were processing the learning how colors are moving on the papers from marshmallow. So it was great. I guess I learned that, that I never did this before. So it was original from the kids that we did that. Beautiful, beautiful. Because in this situation, not only you bring the, again, your idea, your planning, right? It goes before you bring into kids, you get the kids ideas, and then you try to explore that idea. And even you ended up learning something as well, right? Absolutely. So it, in my opinion, that's is like beautiful childcare right there. So <laughs> amazing. And, but now uh, I'm pretty sure there might be a little bit of room of collaboration. As you mentioned, uh, Eric Harvey is indeed the, the biggest program that we have uh, within Coded Minds. And I'm pretty sure we have to handle uh, like a multitude of kids, like a big group of kids every day, right? So yeah. how do you create that collaboration to, you know, to make sure that the kids are all there, all doing something and all learning? Um, so um my group is the smallest group, so I, with attendance and everything like that, we don't have any problem. And good thing that parents are really cooperative and let us know if the kids are going to be in program that day or not. Thank um, you, parents. <laughs> and if the kids are in the classroom, um, so it's not, Nick, it's not like as soon as they come, we say, here is the program and you must do this. No, we provide everything on the table and we look at the kids because when they come, they're hungry, they want to wash their hands. And our program is really time managed. We have to go out for fresh air too. So I have to manage the time and give them this opportunity to find themselves to the program. So to, to do the activity um, and they come to me and say, I'm not interested, or if they are interested, they sit at the table and do it. Some people are eating, some people are doing the program, and then we have to leave to go outside. The transition is like easy to go and move the day to be with other kids and um, play out too. It's nice, it's nice. It's important because, uh, again, the transitions is something that I learned as I'm in the company as well. They are important even for children to understand that, okay, you guys have your time to do your own, like, Minecraft learning or just arts and crafts, but now is that specific moment where we're going to stop everything that we're doing just so we can go outside so we can do a little bit of physical activity and whatnot, right? So it's, uh, it, it, I guess it's, it's paramount to have those transitions in place in order to, to even let children understand that life is separated. Like we have as adults, this is work time and this is just like me time, right? <laughs> Yes, and as the company's name is, it's a coded mind, like it's coded. From this point we start to this point, we have to finish it. So the kids are amazing and they like your program and our program here. So they come with happiness and they leave with forcement. We have to force them to go home. They want to stay longer. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's keep that way, right? <laughs> Now, my next uh, thing that I want to touch base on, and this is going to be very broad, it's your time to shine, right? Uh, we offer, as you said, a lot of activities. They're there. They're in the tables. We call them stations, right? And children, they just get in and they just do whatever they want to do, 
in, in theory, right? But we also need to provide them with some ideas, some hooks, some hints of what we will be doing. So what is your favorite type of programming, Faye? Like what's the favorite project that you have done with the kids and the kids just went crazy about it? Halloween. <laughs> we, we were thinking about how to make haunted house and they were talking about it a lot. The kids love Halloween. Um, basically, probably because of candies, sweet stuff, and the excitement to have costume and go out and collect candies. But we don't do such thing like now, right now in our program because of COVID. So we wanted to make difference. And I told them, um, okay, we can do something fun if you tell me what you like to do. And they said, oh, it would be really nice if at STEM we could have haunted house. I said, it's possible if you tell me uh, what are your ideas. If we have haunted house, what do you want to do in there? Some of them said, oh, I can make ghosts. The other one said, I can just do this. I can make bricks. So I said, okay, and then I promised you I will find you the biggest um cardboard that you can get fit in it so I brought it and it was a challenge Nick to bring it with my car because it was huge and I think you saw it in my program <laughs> so I, I, I did it and they were over excited they started to make ceiling and then they made amazing thing with that and they started to put bricks with papers brown papers they started to glue them on this and hide all those writings on the car it was a very, very fun project we had. And it wasn't for one day. We had to work on it a couple of days and decorate the room. And the spider web, they brought their idea of it. We could do it with yarn. And it was a huge spider web. They made it on the floor and they tried their best to knot and make it actually like a spider web. And they made actually big spider. It was amazing. And I really enjoyed it. We don't do anything for them. We provide activities, we provide materials, and we watch them and we take pictures. So the pictures are going out this week for parents, how they did. And because last week we had lots of pictures to upload. So this week, some of those with the Halloween parade are going to parents that they can see how the kids did. And it was fabulous. I loved it. Yep, we're going to try to upload the picture for the people watching YouTube or and leave a link for people on the podcast so they can see the, the haunted house that the kids created. And I was there that day, which was very funny because I visited you guys. And uh, you mentioned the web that they created to me. And then something happened because, again, we have three rooms. And yeah. then while you decorated and the kids had that idea of let's make a web, that yes. idea kind of spread out to the other room. So tell us a little bit about how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they loved it. And, you know, we had, uh, the, the funny thing was when our supervisor um, had my list to, you know, my room is uh, new this year. Like they didn't use it last year. So yeah. everything from my room was um, in the other rooms and we had to provide everything again for maker space for the kids. So in my list, I added yarn and my supervisor, Ms. Asma, provided that. So it was the best color ever because it was orange and black. And Perfect. the kids loved it because they said, oh, this is orange, this is good for Halloween. So they made this. And I think during the time the kids are moving, going using the washroom. So when they were coming back, the door was open. The, the doors are always open. So they sneak and they picked, they saw what we are doing. They went to their classroom and talked about it. Oh, elbow room is making this. And then I had um, like through intercom, Miss uh, Des 
contacted me and said, do you have extra yarn? The kids saw that and they want to make this. And I said, yes, we have extra one. So we gave it away and they were making it. Again, the kids spread that, oh, the other room is making it. So they were excited to see what they're doing. But to be honest, I think a couple of kids in my room, they said, oh, Miss Faye, they stole our idea and they have to stop doing this. We don't want them because this is our idea. I said, sharing is caring and you you should accept that that it was your idea and they love it means you're doing really good so let them do it and then you're going to go and visit and see because these two rooms are cohorts like they can get mixed sometimes uh, when we have lower kids uh, numbers and then if one of us have to supervise outdoor so they can get mixed sometimes they could go and see what they're doing but Nick, at the end of the day, I saw they didn't continue finishing it in the other room. And they actually asked after praise, they wanted to see what the kids in Elbow did. So they came for a visit and they loved it. So haunted house, pumpkin. Actually, the pumpkin was their ideas too. They didn't mm -hmm. want to carve pumpkin. They wanted to use the yarn and make a scary face again. So which was amazing idea. So all the things you saw in that room was kids idea and they were asking for papers, uh, pipe cleaners, everything. And we were just giving it to them. It was a good project. I bet. And again, there's so much learning in everything that happens, right? Even if we're not really there sitting with the kids and explaining to them all the learnings, which actually would defeat the whole purpose of having fun together, right? Again, uh, yeah. it, it's it, those are events that the kids are exposed to that can bring knowledge. Like, oh, we had an idea. But that idea was so good that the idea is spread out when other people saw that idea, right? And sure. then there comes the whole idea of collaboration. Of course, you had uh, the maker material, the yarn. But then kids can see that there is this possibility of room-to-room -room interaction so we can swap the materials, so we can copy the project or make it our own project based on the idea that we saw in your room in that case, right? And then again, there's this whole idea of visiting where we can just showcase what is done so kids can really appreciate what the creators of idea number one did and how they copy that right and if any of you listeners uh, go to youtube nowadays like now and you're going to see uh, some of the most trendy videos it's usually a copy and paste with the the content producer own flavor right so again we're not just here have yarn and have fun no there is so much learning that a kids can have from just having that moment being exposed to something that could actually trigger an idea, trigger uh, something in their brains that will allow them to, I don't know, to think of something different, to want to play a game, to modify and make an idea better. And again, that's the basis of innovation, right? So great, great idea, great suggestion there and great uh, project phase. So pretty sure the kids were very hyped about it. Yes. And next project, Nick, they said they are interested to make Christmas town. So let's see how it goes because we have to provide materials for them now. They're very excited to do next project now. There we go. So fingers crossed for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that always makes me very curious about, especially the classroom programs, uh, Faye, it's the, I'm not going to say the the idea of this organization that we have, right? Because we need to have a specific ratio. We need to follow the all the the licensing regulations and whatnot, right? But um, it, it's this possibility of 
classroom to classroom interaction, you know? And all I, I wanted to give you as a little bit of, a, of an idea is ignoring COVID because we're still in COVID times and that interaction is limited, right? Is there any ideas that you guys have in planning in how to create this classroom interaction? I am amazed with the teamwork between the educators, between rooms. So we can bring ideas and it can be when we are walking around the room to do our um, admin, talk about the single thing happened during the day and I can say a story and we all come up with the idea maybe we should introduce this to kids. It can be money and it can be sewing and anything that kids are interested. And we go in the classroom, we start to talk about it. One of the really fun program I saw at Tamarack Room, I saw um, Mrs. and Grace started to talk about how the kids can make sandwiches, how they can make their own sandwiches and what it needs to be done. So the coding, like from beginning to end, they had to write down how it starts, how they start their days, and they can they could draw what they eat, and they could just say even how they spread that on their bread. Any idea, Nick? Any idea for the kids, kids in our program or anywhere? It can be big thing. They can come out and they have big imagination. They can talk about. To me, the most important thing working with kids and my experience is let them express themselves. Never stop them when they're talking because anything they say can be the best thing for the program. To talk to kids about it and make the program and plan ready or talk about how the, the thing they're talking is dangerous and we need to watch that and take care of each other as a group. So the teamwork. Nick, with my group is amazing, and I love the group we are working together. Perfect. We now need to make sure that everyone listens to the podcast in Eric Harvey so they can get all the tanks <laughs> that you're sharing. And I like your point here, Faye, on this whole idea of the teamwork, right? Uh, it's something that, if our listeners are not aware, children are picking up environmental cues all the time. Their brain is a sponge, and if they see something that makes sense to them, they're going to start using it. And if we, as educators, in our programs, we show this idea of collaboration, we show that we are properly communicating, we show that there is this room for conversation and helping each other, kids tend to pick up on that. And when they do, they're going to be reproducing that behavior, and again, they're going to be led by example, right, which is just perfect. And just because we are an ad tech, Faye, I would like to, to finish the conversation with an example on how Eric Harvey uses technology to, again, keep kids learning, engaged, and even go the extra mile in their uh, program there, right? So do you have any example of how you guys use technology there in a positive way? Um, yes, um, you know, the kids always love to play on Minecraft or Scratch and anything like that. And I have to add something here. I was, I think, since I started to work with the company, I'm improving my attitude towards technology because I was against it. And I was always having this stop moment for the kids that they have to stop and games are not good for them. But I have to confess that the games and 
technology actually making them be aware of a lot of things and they can learn through that. It helps them to be more smart, more frequent, and see things that they are not able to see in the normal days that they are having conversation with their friends. So during that games, I can see a lot, Nick. And I love to play, and now I'm expert playing Minecraft, learning because I need to help them too when they are in classroom. We use technology in a um, positive way in our classrooms. And um, I can see the kids actually uh, try to ask questions and communicate better when it comes to the tech time. They know they have only limited time. They can, for some kids it's 15 minutes, for some kids it's just 10 minutes. And we are actually standing on our words with the timing and we want them to get engaged with other activities too. So we see how actually they take care of their time they are aware of their time now. They actually help each other to know, tell me if I, the, if Miss Faye is busy, if it is 15 minutes, tell me, because we had this discussion that we need to take care of each other in a group. We need to know the time. If it is the other people's time, they need to sit down and we are here for a short period of time. The timing is something that we are really working on it right now. And the kids are really aware of it. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, it's funny that you mentioned that you are trying to learn and you are trying to learn something that is of our uh, children's interest. And just because you are interested, they are going to be more open to listen to you and to learn from you even. And you can learn from them as well, right? It's, it's a moment there of learning both ways. You learn from the children, you teach the children, everybody gets out of there happy while doing something educational like we do in terms of Minecraft uh, Educational Edition. So that is pretty good, Faye. Thanks for that. And I think that's a wrap. We covered a lot of good points here of what we can do in our programs, which is, again, pretty amazing. And I hope it was very helpful to uh, all the listeners. But before we finish, I always like to have the classic take-home message. And for me, especially listening after uh, your your speech there, Faith, there is one reason why, uh, why licensing has this minimal standards for ratio for education in terms of staff. And that is so we can have qualified people that really understand children in order to give children a proper experience. And everything that you discussed there, Faith, in terms of teamwork, in terms of collaboration with our team, goes beyond that, but plays in favor of teaching kids how to collaborate, how to be leaders, how to take up a charge, how to help each other to the point that, as you said, they are there. Please, please, you, friend, let me know when my time is done so other people can play after the time is done. So my take-home message, let's lead by example. Whatever we do as adults will definitely affect children and children will copy and will be copied. If we give them positive uh, events, positive behaviors, they're going to be copying the positive behaviors. What is your take-home message, Faye? I think you express their emotions and talk. Don't stop them when they talk. Beautiful. Perfect. So... Thank you very much for your time again, Faith. Thank you very much for all the listeners who have stick with us so far. And as usual, with that in mind, this is Nick Satuni, over and out.
Thank you.